Hey guys, welcome to Jakku Broadcast. This is episode 13. Um, I'm Daniela. And I'm Melissa. And on this episode, we're just going to go over um, some quick uh, new The Rise of Skywalker quotes given by J.J. Abrams, Daisy Ridley, and Oscar Isaac. And on the, on the end, the last bit of the episode, we're just going to be talking about our expectations for the new show, The Mandalorian, that starts tomorrow. And um, yes, we're recording this on Monday, November 11th, so it starts the 12th, and um, we're going to be... Uh, we just wanted to do this episode to check back on it later to see like how wrong or right we were about the things <laughs> that we said in this episode. Um, but yeah, all right. So and guys, I'm sorry, I'm really congested right now. So, <laughs> um, I'm sorry if my voice sounds extra horrible today. But just yeah, just FYI. All right, and um, so did you uh want to start the the first uh, Rise of Skywalker quote, Melissa? Yes. Okay, so we got some really interesting quotes today. Um, these are from uh, the website, or the, um, yeah, the website like Games Radar, and also from the, I guess their sister company, uh, Total Film. So really interesting quotes. We got one from Oscar Isaac, and he's... um talking about the Sith and the Jedi and what role they kind of uh, are expected to play or the uh, the end for them, I guess you could say. He says, What's amazing about the story and the script is that you learn that both the Sith and the Jedi have been playing a very long game. From the get-go, there's been this chess match. All these pieces have been played, and now we get to see who gets checkmate. Hmm. What do you think, Daniela? What does he mean by this? Um, well, just to go deep all like right away, um I there is this one quote and it's like the last quote speaking in uh Clone Wars after Yoda kind of um well, Yoda goes through this journey of learning how to become a force ghost and he sees things and et cetera, et cetera. If you guys haven't checked out the, I think there are three episodes, you guys should. You, I don't think you have to watch the rest of the Clone Wars, but those are like really kind of important episodes in terms of like, you know, the Force. And Yoda says, no longer certain that one ever does win a war I am, for in fighting the battles, the bloodshed, already we have lost. Yet open to us, a path remains. That unknown to the Sith is. Through this path, victory may yet find. Well, through this path, we may yet find not victory in the Clone Wars, but but victory for all time. So um, that quote reminds me of Oscar's quote, um, which is like when he says that they've been playing a very long game. And I think that this quote from Yoda is like, kind of really important for the sequel trilogy because at this point I th Disney had already bought Lucasfilm and so they were already starting their plans for the new trilogy and this is the last bit of uh, Star Wars content that George Lucas had any like he had an executive producer credit on and he worked on this so, like he I think Dave Filoni he anytime he does like he used I, I don't know if he's still 
he probably still consults George, but in like an official manner. Anytime that he did force things for the Clone Wars, he would definitely talk about it and run it over with George. And uh, I think George was also very involved in Yoda's arcs. So what I'm trying to say is that this victory for all time, I think, is tied to the sequel trilogy because it's not at this point well at this point like in a meta sense the creators already knew that the original trilogy wasn't the end of the trilogies Mm -hmm. so they must have known that there was another path to victory against the sith which is really interesting i think um i mean obviously you can read this quote and think about luke and vader and love obviously and i think even though I think the original trilogy, like those things are very important, but personally, I don't think that like that was the end. And ha- obviously it wasn't the end because Palpatine is still around. And um, yeah, I mean, it was nice the, for Vader to save his son, but at the same time, like Palpatine still lived. He's like, I lived B word and um, <laughs> that meme. But yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that it makes sense for the Jedi also to be the ones playing this, I guess, quote-unquote game, because um, they must have, like, the Force Ghosts, I think, they don't exist in a certain time, so they know everything. Well, they don't know everything because always in motion the future is, but um, they must get a sense of where things are going and how to stop some things, maybe. They're guides, kind of. So I think that this quote from Oscar lines up perfectly with, um, I guess, my read of the story in terms of, like, the Jedi having a secret weapon. And I um, I think, obviously, that for me, I think it's Rey because in The Last Jedi, Yoda even says that, uh, lost so- Ben Solo, you did. Loose Rey, you must not. So I think that she's fundamental to the end of this story. So, yeah. What do you think, Melissa? <laughs> I just um, went on like a five page rant about <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, it's what do you all think? good. So I was even talking about this with you earlier when we first heard the quote. Um it's interesting that Oscar uses the analogy of chess, uh, in the form of like a checkmate. Um a lot of, some people interpret checkmates differently, like especially chess players. They'll say checkmate's kind of like a, well, you have no moves left, so you kind of have to forfeit type of thing. Um, I know, like, I don't know what Oscar is meaning in this uh, quote. Like, does he mean in a win scenario? Like, checkmate as in, you know, checkmate I win or checkmate you have no other moves. But in this, you know, to me, personally, if he's meaning that checkmate means there's going to be a side, he's saying... Let's say, let's reinterpret it. Let's say, and now we get to see who gets to win. Like, let's say he's saying that. Well, I don't think either the Jedi or the Sith can win because that's not balance. You know, it's been this whole push and pull um, game since the very beginning. And they've both been playing, yeah, this long game. And I feel like this is a game that the Jedi have never won. (laughs) They've never won it. You have that opinion but i'm gonna actually argue against it and say that in the original trilogy i would say that's a win for the jedi despite it actually not being a win in the long run because the emperor never died um 
from my opinion, he they did kind of win because Luke did kind of start up the Jedi again, despite it crashing down and burning again. Um, but it's like this push and pull thing with like the yin and the yang and the light and the dark side. That's it's it's this checks and balance system, and it's always going up and down. So I think if there's anybody who's gonna win, it's gonna be neither of them. Like they like the Sith, obviously, you know, for the end of the Skywalker saga. You know, they're not going to have the Sith actually win. <laughs> Let's be honest. But then also, the Jedi are going to win. Like, I don't think they're going to win either because they've we've had this whole thing of, in, you know, The Last Jedi um, with Luke saying, you know, the Jedi have to end and he gave, you know, all these reasons. And pretty much Kylo said the same thing. You know, the Sith and the Jedi, let it all go. Like, let the past die. It's not going to be, at the end, it's not going to be the Sith and the Jedi, I don't think. It's going to be something else. Um, none of them are going to win. They're not going to come out to be the winners. I don't even think the quote-unquote Jedi side is going to win. I think it's going to have to be a balance of the two. And I think that kind of also entails Kylo. Because, you know, if anything, if you didn't really understand the whole balance of the force you would kind of just assume well obviously the good guys obviously quote unquote the resistance is going to win right um but i don't um i don't see it that way in a way you know um even jj said i think it was at celebration and right when he said this that's when i knew like what the rise of skywalker was going to be about he said uh i'm this is not an exact quote i'm just paraphrasing he said the light and the dark will come together to defeat the ultimate evil. Or not defeat, he just said they will come and rise up against the ultimate evil, something like that. But he pretty much separated, you know, the light and the dark side and said the ultimate evil, the greatest evil, and he made that separate from the light and the dark. So when he said that, um, that kind of just, you know, that tells you everything you need to know. Like, okay, so now... He kind of just gave it away. I think it's maybe one of the biggest spoilers JJ's ever said, and I don't think people talk about it that much. But he literally just told you, like, Kylo and Rey are going to rise up against Palpatine, <laughs> you know, and fight against him. But that kind of tells you that, you know, the dark side, you know, Kylo's dark side, because he represents the dark side, he is not actually the ultimate evil. And I think that's important for this um, idea of balancing the Force. I don't think that... Kylo on the, and the dark side is going to be the one that the ones that lose per se. I think that we can go into this whole discussion too about what is balancing the force and how does that look and what does that mean. But lo too long didn't read <laughs> TLDR. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Rey and Kylo, the light and the dark side, um, standing together and defeating Palpatine. Both both sides of the force and they're going to be balanced in that way so that's my equally long rant to counter yours danny <laughs> yeah see that that's so interesting because i don't think of kylo as the dark anymore uh certainly in the right or in the force yeah, awakens he was right. but once I, we get yeah, yeah. like i think the real dark and i know jj said that the, the dark and the light will come together and mm -hmm. i mean i think going off of most people thinking that Kylo is going to be the most evil or whatever. That, yeah, that makes sense for him to say that. Not. But I think that I don't think we've ever seen the Jedi in a healthy way in right. the movies. 
So I don't really look at the Jedi as a negative in that sense because I don't think they've ever been right. Like, I'm not saying that there's like just one right way of going about being a Jedi, but I think that it's going to be a fundamental change at the end of The Rise of Skywalker where um, I think that like personally, I still think that they'll be called Jedi because, uh, you know, there's like the new, the true Jedi. um, The prime Jedi? Term. No, no, the true Jedi Mm -hmm. advertising stuff that they have on the merchandise. And I think that there's just so much, I guess, goodwill, even with all the faults that they have towards the Jedi, that I think that they it will the term will still stay around but i think that the term order like a jedi order or the first order i think that's gonna go down and they're gonna like like i think that the force is gonna fundamentally change like this is a crackpot Mm -hmm. theory but i think everybody (laughs) is gonna end up being a force wielder at the end of the rise of skywalker and i think that the Jedi term is just still gonna stay around. Like I'm not sure if they'll have more movies after uh, the like the timeline of the Rise of Skywalker. I don't. I, I go back and forth, but um, yeah, no. So I still think that because at the end, like yeah, Je- uh, Luke said he wanted the Jedi to end, and Kylo yeah. did, but they were both wrong. Like at the end, when Kylo and Luke are confronting each other. Uh, Luke is like, I will not be the last Jedi, and we look at Rey, and um, and then at the end with the Broom Boy, like he got all this hope for, uh, from L- Luke Skywalker from the story of him confronting the First Order. So I I don't think that even the message of the Last Jedi is that the Jedi were bad. Even, I think that like Yoda said, I keep on quoting Yoda, but um, at the end of or in the in whenever he was talking to Luke, he was like, he he was talking about how failure is the greatest teacher. So I think that the Jedi, which I don't think, I don't know, but I, given the fact that his Jedi order also failed, I don't think Luke, like it, it's all about the shadow really. And I don't think Luke ever confronted all his demons and all his uh, feelings to, about his dad. And he had no, I, he had no way to kind of to process it. I don't know how often Anakin showed up to him as a Force ghost, but I don't think, given the fact that he kept it a secret that he that was his father, I think that there was never any kind of uh, salute, uh, conclusion. Like there was no resolution with him in his heart and neither was there with Leia. So I don't think that we've ever seen like a healthy uh, kind of way of embracing that stuff. But um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the I Jedi th- might not end, but mm-hmm. I still think that the principles will remain because we did see the prime Jedi and the the prime Jedi does have darkness and light. So I think it will yeah. be mostly, a, it's like, it's, it's like uh, I've said many times, it's eating your shadow. It's uh, confronting the bad in you and also the good in you. And confronting um, fear n- is the destiny And all the, the um, kind of like um, not being scared of the parts of you that you think will 
are bad or you hate. Um, it's more about embracing them. And I don't think we've ever really seen Jedi embrace that kind of side. And I think we will in the Rise of Skywalker. And I think even Kylo, he might end up, he's he's probably going to be a Jedi too. Like, because um, I don't, I mean, obviously I have a lot of thoughts about him and I look at him towards through the eyes of thinking that he's going to be uh, uh, redeemed. So I think that he, he has a chance of coming back. So like, obviously like a huge chance of coming back and being good. So I don't know. I don't know that they'll let go of the Jedi or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that the Sith will go away because I think that there was a split and, I think mm-hmm. there was a split between... Uh, there was obviously a split with the Jedi and the um, Sith. And I think that if you're more embracing towards the negative emotions that you have to end up processing, like to learn how to process uh, those emotions healthily instead of just meditating or whatever. <laughs> um, which yeah, could be a solution uh-huh. for some people, but um, yeah, no, like I think instead of dismissing your uh, feelings that you might feel and being scared of becoming a dark-sided person, I think if you like deal with these emotions in however way that each individual does, I think that's a way of destroying the Sith because there's no reason to become a Sith. Yeah, I think um, in The Rise of Skywalker... Well, in general with Star Wars, I think the whole thing about the light side and the dark side, I think there's a good way to use the dark side, and I think there's also a bad way to use the dark side. Like, we know that, you know, having feelings and emotions and passion is not inherently wrong, but when the Jedi see it that way, they're thinking about, well, those are just, you know, when you use those in terms of the force it's just leading you to the dark side but you know we know that those things aren't inherently wrong it's just when they're used for evil then it kind of turns that way um same thing with the light side i think there's a good way and a bad way to use it you know after a while even you know luke says like the the jedi were arrogant and you know in their hubris you know they didn't see. Yeah, because the they thought that. Yeah, they thought they were like sitting on an. An, uh, was it was it like a porcelain like, uh, what's that? The tower, a uh, huge tower above everyone else because they thought they were the best in. Yeah. Just because they were good, and I think that that ties with them not embracing the darkness because they think, oh, I'm a Jedi, I don't embrace darkness at all, so I'm better than everyone else, and that's where... That was their downfall, because they didn't exactly. even see the Emperor under their own noses, you know? So... Yeah. So, so in terms of trust, like, how does this get reconciled, this imbalance? I so I've, Personally, uh-huh. I just think it's... Um, Ben and Ray just coming together. Right. Ben accepting that he was wrong in a lot of ways and that his mistakes led him to where he is and um just moving forward and letting go like accepting you have mistakes and you've made mistakes and just moving forward in a sense of, in a healthy way together or with the help of your friends and family and not being scared to deal with those emotions because that is a fundamental thing about Ben Solo's character where he's like ignoring and pushing down things because he doesn't want to deal with them like he only wanted to confront Luke to kill him 
he didn't want to like obviously luke i don't know if it's up to ben to decide if he wants to have a good conversation and sit down with luke because <laughs> luke hurt, like Family scarred therapy. him but like even in terms of his mom and his dad he avoided them he masked himself there is he's just avoiding like things because he doesn't want to deal with them and that's the same thing that's going on with ray although her she's just deluding her she was deluding herself for so long and it harmed her in the inside just like deluding or not deluding but pushing away things hurt ben and i think that they're gonna have to confront their both their emotions even if they're negative because pushing it away or I mean, meditation might have worked for Yoda, but at the same time, like, it didn't work for Anakin. Um, you just have to find a way for yourself to process these emotions. That's what I think. And I don't think... That's why I don't think that the, the Jedi are fundamentally... Like, the term Jedi, at least, is fundamentally wrong. Because I think... In my opinion, probably that the Jedi texts were completely different from what the Jedi and the prequels were teaching. So, not like completely, but there was a lot of ways in which they were different because obviously the prime Jedi sign has the darkness within. And I think like it's about like uh, Dooku Jedi Lost where he is all like... Um, where they do the mantra about like acknowledging the darkness but stepping towards the light and i think that because i i think there i don't have the exact quote but in dooku jedi lost when that mantra is repeated the master one of the uh people from the the jedi council i think yeah. she's a jedi knight she says that the jedi used to repeat that phrase every like every day all the time just to like balance themselves yeah. but they stopped so uh i think that's a problem that can i mean i think it can be fixed personally just because i i i don't know i don't i just don't see a way where the jedi or i don't see the way where the jedi aren't still the jedi like but they're fundamentally changed like a new school of jedi but it's not a jedi order because like i said i think that everyone's gonna get forced powers or not powers yeah. but i think everyone will be able to embrace the force in there's also there's also a theory that after the force is balanced that ray and kylo will lose their force powers yeah i mean if you've watched full metal alchemist brotherhood yeah. mm -hmm. that happens to ed he gives up yeah. a, a, a spoilers for full metal alchemist <laughs> brotherhood but i think that could be a thing like because Ed chooses family above it, but at the same time, I don't know. I I go back and forth because I don't think the Force has ever, like the the Skywalkers have the most Force or whatever, and they always fall. So maybe not having the Force will take away the legacy and the burden of being the chosen ones. But at the same time, I don't know that the I don't know. I don't think that the force is meant to be something that's malicious towards them because it's in everybody. It's in everything. It's, right. It's, it's It'd an be energy hard to that cut off permanently because I know Luke cut himself off. Exactly. From the force, that's that's also why. To, I, mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. He was able to, you know, basically turn it back on like a switch. So it was just temporary. 
That's why I don't think Ben Solo is gonna even like exile himself either because exiling has never been good in Star Wars. Like whenever Obi Wan exiled himself, it was temporary, and then whenever uh, Luke did it, it was like a bad thing, or it was a it was because he was depressed and sad. And I think he will get an emotional conclusion at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. Ben will, and so will Rey. So I don't think that that's in the cards and. Um, losing the force powers, I can see. Uh, I can see the argument for it. I just don't think that's also gonna happen. But um, because even alchemy, alchemy was, I mean, with the force and alchemy, alchemy from from uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, like alchemy wasn't. It's. It, I mean, it was good, but it's kind of like optional to learn it. But in the force, like you inherently have the force. So to be for it to be taken away is kind of like i don't know it's kind of like if we took away like white blood cells or something if that makes sense <laughs> yeah but, they just um, will just take away their metachlorians yeah i'm very interested <laughs> to see what the star wars definition of balance is actually because i do want to know if i'm le- I'm not to like be like i want to know if i'm right but i do want to <laughs> know if i'm right in terms of like the jedi like the Jedi not being fundamentally like bad. It's just the fact that they were so they were so far away from what they were originally. And mm-hmm. we have no evidence that even on that island where Luke went to reflect, we have he said that he did not read the books. So he, we still don't know about like the original Jedi. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about and explore in the future um uh, because i know we're getting the origin story of the jedi and the sith eventually um just because ryan gets to do that yeah yeah just only because that's the only like that's one of the easiest things to pull out after the rise of skywalker because you don't have to go forward in time you go back and you learn and i mean people like either like or don't like the prequels but i think that's going to be really interesting to figure out Mm-hmm. And I think we've just talked about this quote for so long. So um, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> yeah, or let's unless, go to the next Did quote. you want to say anything else? Um, oh, also just um, thanks to Slimo for helping With uh, helping quotes. me get these quotes together. Because we were talking about the quotes all day. But it was really easy to go into her, uh, her Twitter and Twitter. just pulling them out for this podcast. So thank you, Slimo. Yes. Thank you, Slimo. Okay, now I can go um, on. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so the next quote is JJ, and he's talking, um, it's from the same article, and um, he's talking about uh, the making the Rise of Skywalker. So he says, The ending of this trilogy of trilogies is a tricky thing, he said. This movie has to work on its own. It's got to have its own beginning, middle, and end. It can't make the mistakes of a lot of sequels where you just assume a character is beloved, where the movie suffers because the character is suddenly lacking. We can't assume anyone cares. Oh, this makes me so hopeful because it means that Mm -hmm. the story is fundamentally about the character arcs of these characters, which is obviously always the strongest point of Star Wars, the character arcs, even above the story. Um, but I think he's also saying that the story is also very important because you have to make us like it has this like he said it has to stand on its own. JJ has so much to stuff into this movie. I cannot believe it's not like three hours long. <laughs> like yeah, I I'm so happy he said this because 
you know, I think a lot of movies or sequels, they kind of just jump right into the story. And it's almost like, like uh, whiplash. Like you just like and start- what uh-huh. what's it called? Infinity War? It just started with Loki getting killed and I was like, what the f- is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes I mean not to bash all the movies that start that way, because some of them do it really well. If, especially if you know the characters and basically, you know, you've kept up with what's been going on, but some movies will jump right into the story and I'm like, wait, hold on, like back up a little bit <laughs> um it's just like really like quick and uh i get whiplash but like i was saying it just shows me that jj is actually not only that he's really smart <laughs> but also that he's really paying attention to the characters like you mentioned like this is going to be all about them because he has to establish this foundation with them in the movie despite them already kind of laying a foundation in the previous ones so he's still giving them you know, their own time and to develop and making us care about them once again. You know, it's not like, oh, well, you always liked Ray, so, you know, we don't have to deal with that anymore because, you know, people love Ray already. But no, they're going to show us again, like, you know, who Ray is, who Finn is, who Poe is, and Kylo, and he's going to make us, like, love them all over again. And that's going to be so exciting. He's going to make us love Raylo again. Ugh. Danny, this is gonna be good. <laughs> I just realized that again, but yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I need this movie. It's almost a month away. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it's gonna be here. And and like if we were thinking about this in our, our usual episode output, it's in two episodes. It's like two episodes away. But yeah, no, isn't that <sighs> crazy? That's um, so wild. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next quote. Um, and did you want to read it? or Yeah, I can read it. So he's basically talking about how JJ approached, or JJ is talking about how he approached uh, doing Tross this time compared to uh, The Force Awakens. He said, on this one, I let myself be, at least in the way I was approaching the thing, freer, he said. In episode 7, I was adhering to a kind of approach that felt right for Star Wars in my head. It was about finding a visual language, like shooting on locations and doing practical things as much as possible. And we continued that in episode 9, but I also found myself doing things that I'm not sure I would have been as daring to do on episode 7. And I guess, let me say the next one then, because they're kind of together. Um... He credits Ryan for kind of helping him do that. He said, Ryan helped to remind me that that's why we're on these movies, not just to do something that you've, uh, not not to just do something that you've seen before, Abrams said. I won't say that I felt constrained or limited on Seven, but I found myself wanting to do something that felt more consistent with the original trilogy than not. And on Nine, I found myself feeling like I'm just going to go for it a bit more. Um, this is good because I'm glad if for this reason then I'm glad they got JJ back to do episode 9 because you know as a new director coming into like a trilogy or just a new Star Wars movie he might or she he or she might feel like the same way JJ felt on 7 you know they might feel a little bit more hesitant to try anything new because you know it's their first time you know they're starting they're doing Star Wars it's you know it's nerve wracking but JJ, who has done it already, can kind of, you know, not have all of those 
crazy emotions and feelings and you know um just about doing star wars for you know the first time now this is the second time so he now he can kind of step back and be a little bit like he said a little bit more freer and kind of you know learn from the last time of what he did and kind of uh improve it and i'm so glad he mentioned ryan because i just love to give this to all the dude bros and the fanboys who still bash ryan after two years um how he credited ryan for helping him with you know the last jedi seeing that you can do something completely different and new and it's refreshing and it frees you up kind of like you know what jj said um i think that's a lot of what some people are scared of in star wars you know they star they kind of feel like star wars is one way and one way only you know it has to feel like the original trilogy or it has to feel this way or it's not star wars or blah blah, blah and you know people will bash on them for that like oh i didn't feel like star wars uh, i just thought it was exactly like you know blah blah, blah. um you know and then people will say like well it's nothing new <laughs> so it's like you can't win so but you know i think ryan genuinely made star wars a lot uh richer with the last jedi you know even after two years people still talk about the last jedi you know as the new things that they see in the sh in the movie that they haven't noticed before and because it's just so rich in like visual and you know in the dialogue and the parallels and the symbolism it's all there and i'm so glad that jj was able to kind of be influenced and um inspired to do that in the rise of skywalker and now that makes me even like more excited to think that you know inspiration from ryan is in like the rise of skywalker like what do you think yeah i mean i think bob Iger he talked about how george was upset about how the force awakens came out because there was nothing new and i think that is a valid very valid complaint um about like visually there was nothing new because obviously george he's one of these kind of directors who as he he wants to advance the genre he wants to advance hollywood he 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 made so much of the technology for star wars like current visual effects were like they are where they are because of ilm who which was started by um george lucas to do star wars and then went on to do so many other projects and um so yeah i think that and as i said bob Iger said that george was disappointed because in uh the force awakens so much of the visuals were just so much the same and i understand where both lucasfilm and george are coming from because lucasfilm had to get the fans who were like upset about the prequels still to come back and be like excited for a new star wars um but i also think that moving forward uh pushing the boundaries more is good because now that obviously it's the force awakens was an icebreaker for the series and the franchise right. and now they can push boundaries and go forward and and stuff like i think that the cinematography in solo was amazing even though it was very dark but i still think it was visually striking and in the force of in the rise of skywalker um i think it was i i think what they did i i'm not sure how, how to speak on it like in terms of visual effects but i think of the actual visuals that i see i think that they were star wars but they were also pushing it like they still embraced the influence of the prequels in terms of Canobite 
and other like just the story obviously with the whole the shot parallels between the shots in the prequels and then the you know the original and then the right the force awake oh the last jedi (laughs) um i I was gonna go through every title before i got to the last (laughs) jedi but so yes and i think that um jj also story-wise you have to push it forward you have to keep pushing the force until we learn what it's all about even though we will never because that's i think the point the beauty of star wars that it means something different to all of us and they still have to make it big enough so that all of us can like take what we we can from it and i think it's very encouraging like you said that ryan helped jj see this and also talking about like um jj coming back i don't think there was another director that could have done the rise of skywalker besides jj or ryan and i think it's because they fundamentally understand the story and i'm not saying that the story is too complex for other people to understand but in the time crunch that they had i think those two were the only viable options for this and so yeah no i'm very happy i really trust jj i think that even i think that jj uh doesn't get enough credit in terms of all the visual stuff, well, obviously he talks about how he really went heavy in the visual language of Star Wars, but I think he also pushed, I think he was, his story was also very The Force Awakens. It's, sometimes it's kind of hokey, but um, The Force Awakens still has a lot of mythological things. Like, I was reading the shooting script that was leaked, and um, he has a lot of very fairy tale esque terms for locations for example the uh, interrogation room be- the between kylo and ray in that room that they yeah. were in it's called the dungeon um the f- the forest where ray and kylo fight it's called the enchanted forest etc etc like this lightsaber is called the sword and so i think jj also knows how to like I think he's a very smart person. Obviously, he is. That's how he got so successful. Although there are not smart people who also get so successful. But I think JJ <laughs> has... Um, I think JJ has, like... He's also very smart. And so I'm very happy with the sequel trilogy. Like, anytime I think about it, it makes me really happy. So I think that even if The Rise of Skywalker doesn't, like... Doesn't... uh, Isn't above the last jedi for me in terms of how much i love it i think i'm still gonna love it a lot and i love the story and star wars has never let me down so i'm glad that he's now that he felt freer to um you know to do more and to go a bit more crazier and stuff and we already seen we've seen that especially like how we when we did our trailer breakdown we talked about that ice glacier yeah in the middle of space i mean that's something new space like yeah yeah that's crazy right like that's that's new like have we seen that in star wars no No, we've seen a rainy planet but and especially with the effects we have today like the future star wars films are gonna be freaking amazing (laughs) Um, that's all i have to say about that (laughs) i agree (laughs) i think you know i think the sequel trilogy once this is all over it might become my most favorite trilogy. <laughs> like I know that might be blasphemous to some people, but you know, I, I even think grew up crowd with like, the previous trilogies. So I think yeah. you know, it's just the characters. The characters really like relate or like relatable, and I just really connect to them. And I don't know, but yeah, other, other than all the other stuff, yeah, it's the characters. I think that'll do it for me. Um, maybe we should move on. <laughs> yes. 
Um, okay, so Daisy talked about Darth Ray, and she said, it's effing awesome. She said the F word. She said, I already had an amazing emotional story, but then, but when Darth Ray, or I think this is editorially added, but but anyway. There, she's she's referring to Darth Ray, yeah. Okay, so when Darth Ray was pitched, I was like, that sounds amazing. It's fun to do something a bit different. Asked about whether people, or asked whether people would be shocked by Rey's arc in The Rise of Skywalker, she replied, The whole of Star Wars is about good and evil. With every character, you see some struggle, so in a way, no. Because it's the most human thing to see someone struggle with two things within them that are pulling them both ways. If you understand why someone is going on the journey, you will be on the journey regardless. So hopefully you're shocked in a fun way, but you're also emotionally with her. It also says, Total Film also met with Ridley a few months ago in London, and the actress, she elaborated on playing a character who deals with both light and dark sides of the Force. It's fun because you get to do all the human emotions rather than just, I am all baddie, I am all goody with the dark ray stuff. Who knows what's happening there? But that in particular was fun. Because even though I'm exploring the light and dark of Ray, there's a different vibe. She looks she still looks like Ray. Okay. It's really interesting. <laughs> I still think that it's a vision. I honestly think oh, it's yeah. a vision. I still think and it's I think a that it's probably gonna be like like I think obviously it's already been revealed. So given the fact that it was pitched to her, like it was I think that Daisy also talked about how it w- it wasn't always in the script and then it was added and she thought it was really cool. So I think it's going to be brief. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I I like the idea, though, that she or Ray, the character of Ray, is um, kind of exploring, like she said, the light and the dark. So, you know, a lot of people kind of imagine Ray as this really all light side goody hero. Which it doesn't even make sense because even Luke explored the dark side. Like yeah. Luke, like Anakin, Ray. Right. Like she all said, gonna... like everybody has both the exactly. light and the dark side. Which she's also implying, like Ben Solo does too, light and the dark side. Um, well, I mean, he does in the he says right. that in the Force Awakens when he says the light is calling to me. Right. So I mean, it's it's great to see that you know Ray's not going to be this kind of two or one dimensional character that. You know, she's just going to be good all the time. And a lot of um, characters, the main characters, you know, in shows or TV shows or movies, they kind of are this one way and they never progress or they never change and they're just kind of stagnant. And you could always predict what they're going to do because, you know, you know them so well because that's just how they always are. But I'm so glad that it looks like Ray's going to have a little bit more of a deeper, complex arc in The Rise of Skywalker. Showing that, you know, maybe she can go to the dark side or she does have a dark side. And who knows how that will affect her knowing that she does have this dark side and she can be like this. And how who knows how that will affect Ben as well if he does get a glimpse of her like in her dark ray outfit. You know, I do think that he's there in front of her, but that's just my speculation. Yeah, I mean, with Dark Ray, I mean, I don't know. I always just thought that was like a... I didn't know that she was going to actually be looking like a Sith person, but 
I think that like but she does. It was like a ju- it was expected for this to be explored. It was ex- explored in yeah. the for- the Rise of Sky or the Last Jedi. It was sort of kind kind of explored in the Force Awakens a little bit, just with the, her mind controlling. But I think Obi Wan also mind controlled, so it's not like. But I think like that's a very like Jedi darkish. Yeah. yeah, but you also saw that when she was about about to kill Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens. And some people may be like, well, she should have killed him because that's what a good guy does. But uh, the whole point of Star Wars is that killing is not the answer. And so I always thought that she was going to explore her darkness because that's just any interesting hero ever explores yeah what makes them themselves because obviously the hero or the heroine's journey is all about learning about yourself and incorporating the side that you're missing inside of yourself so yeah no i mean this is to be expected i don't know i feel so boring because anytime dark ray comes up i'm just like well it's gonna be brief (laughs) and she's still gonna struggle but it's gonna be okay so i don't know it's really cool how i think i saw on twitter somebody compared put a comparison picture of Padme's uh outfit yeah it's the same one it looks well, like not the it, same color or whatever it, yeah but it's it the looks same. the same though but it's not it's, the same but it's really reminiscent of it so even with like kind of like the waistband type of material um yeah I think they're trying to draw on like a you know Padre vibe I mean, they have been with the costume. <laughs> they have been. The whole time. This whole time. So I just, I kind of just really want them to acknowledge that. I think they will. I think they have to. A like, little bit more I, than just, you know, I think that crazy tinfoil hat theory. I don't think it's crazy. And I, I, I think it's there. Like, I think it's there. Like, I was talking to my dad about it and... Like, my dad is not a Star Wars fan, but he's watching the movies with me, and I'm explaining to him, like, how I think Rey is connected to the Skywalkers, because it's very weird how she is connected to the Skywalkers, and she's not a Skywalker, I don't think, but, uh, like, by blood, but, so I think that's super interesting. I was explaining to him how Rey gets called, like, she, the lightsaber Anakin's lightsaber calls to her she meets Han Solo Leia Luke they all have a connection with her Ben has a connection with her and so I think that um yeah I was talking to my dad about this and he was like yeah that's very weird like she is probably like obviously I've already told him about how I think that raised Padme and he was like yeah it makes sense just because in like she's obviously this badass and um obviously she had to be because she had to learn how to fight on Jakku but he was also talking about how Padme she was like very like skilled in fighting in uh Attack of the Clones when she was fighting in the pit so I think that the parallels are very obvious. And this is my dad who's like, he doesn't read anything like theory wise. or <laughs> yeah. He's not in the Star Wars fandom at all. He's just, he's, he still gets kind of confused by the movies because it's so dense. But right. um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, no, he, he totally understood what I was saying. And what I want to talk about, like in terms of reincarnation theory, I don't think it's crazy because I think it's there. I think there's nothing that the Skywalker saga can do to like negate that theory like they can't really like even if force anakin force ghost anakin or like 
Padme come on screen, I still think it, the theory can still be as valid as it was before. But um, yeah, the only thing that they could say is like Ray saying, I'm not Padme. And that's never going to happen. So, um, <laughs> right. yeah, but I do think that it's going to be acknowledged, like, you know, it's going to be acknowledged in a blatant way. I mean, if I'm wrong, okay, whatever. But right now I'm like, yeah, it might be, it, it will be because, or it has to be because the, like, the, like, I was thinking about it this weekend and it's like, the prequels is about Padme dying. The original trilogy is about Anakin dying. Well, not like completely, obviously, but that's a huge part of the ending of the prequels or the prequels in the original trilogy, them dying. So I think that in the Rise of Skywalker, it's about um, your coming together will be your undoing. And um, it's going to be about them coming together and, you know, not being their undoing. So, yeah, no, that's what I think. Just because of the Palpatine connection as well. Like, if you bring in Palpatine, may as well bring in his two enemies. Uh, yeah. And may as well, like, settle about, like, did Palpatine kill Padme? He did. It's so obvious that he did. But can you just say it blatantly? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think they're going to touch on Padre blatantly. But if they don't, I think that Pal. Pa I can't even say the word. Padme's arc is going to be resolved in The Rise of Skywalker as well mm -hmm. as Anakin's. So we'll see how that goes. Ooh. All right. All right. We should go on to The Mandalorian. Yeah. Which comes so up tomorrow. The and yeah, the I won't be able to watch it until I get home from work. And you'll already have seen everything. <laughs> yeah. Because I have a, a different schedule. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah so the mandalorian comes out tomorrow on disney plus i just now like just an hour ago signed up for it so yay yippee yay um but yeah okay so the mandalorian is let me just read these bullet points it takes place five years after return of the jedi it's gonna deal with the formation of the first order uh, there's a few characters. Or it's obviously Western influenced, and they've talked about it ad nauseum. And there's the characters played by pa Pedro Pascal, Pedro Pascal, and uh, he's like a uh, Mandalorian. He's we don't know his name. He's just a bounty hunter, whatever. And whatever. <laughs> he's uh, the main character. <laughs> yeah, he's the main character. And there's Gina Carano, and she, her name, her character name is Cara Dune. She's the former rebel shock trooper turned mercenary, and she fought in the the civil war for the Rebel Alliance. And then there's Nick Nolte, who plays Kuil, Kuil, and he's an Ugnaught moisture farmer. There's Giancarlo Esposito, who you might, may know from Breaking Bad, Los and he plays. Hmm? Los, los pollos hermanos. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and he plays Moff Gideon, who is a former governor under the Empire, whose life changed after the rebels destroyed the second Death Star. And then there's Carl Weathers as Grief Karga, the leader of the Bounty Hunter Guild, who, um, who hires the Mandalorian to track a valuable asset. So I think... Um, my main expectation for the show is going to be that they're going to deal with Palpatine in some way. I don't think Palpatine will show up, but I think that they're going to be like they're 
someone's gonna uncover some plan and then get killed off and then the audience knows the plan and then they'll take it into the rise of skywalker with them and they're like oh palpatine did this so yeah and oh one more thing before we uh, i let you talk sorry <laughs> uh the the disney plus has uh, uh getting buzz about people like uh, signing up just to watch the Mandalorian, so I think that was expected because it's the first Star Wars, um, the first Star Wars TV show, and it's obviously sh- the showrunner is uh, Dave Favreau, or Dave Favreau. <laughs> His name is not Dave Favreau. <laughs> you is mixed it? Uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau. <laughs> John Favreau. So John Favreau is the showrunner. Name. That's their ship name. <laughs> Dave Favreau. And then Dave Filoni is a director. He did the Kathleen Kennedy in a Vanity Fair article said that whenever Dave Filoni said that he was uh, wanting to do live action, he was sent over to the Force Awakens set and the Rise of Skywalker set to study the Rise of Skywalker set, the Last Jedi set to study their directors and how they work. So um, I think that that bodes well for the story obviously they wanted to prepare um dave with like all the resources that they could because obviously they have so many and uh the fact that people are super interested in the rise or in mandalorian i think that's really uh good for the franchise and i think that people can like get like since we're online all the time i think it's easy to think negatively like okay maybe people do are tired of star wars or maybe people do hate kathleen kennedy but like it turns out kathleen kennedy knows what she's doing because everybody is freaking well not everybody but i think a large part of the population like even me who i didn't think the show was going to be for me they're all excited for the show so i think that says a lot about her and the team that she's created and whenever things do work out perfectly it's like awesome so yeah no uh the uh, the mandalorian is definitely gonna be interesting to think about and like watch and now i'm gonna let you talk because i've talked too much so (laughs) um it's uh i'm really excited but i'm not sure like i'm not super excited because i don't know a lot about it because they've been really like they have not given us anything at all about they always mention whenever Uh they talk about the mandalorian they're always just like we were we looked at a lot of westerns and it's like they don't talk about plot <laughs> there's so little that we know i think when i was at celebration they actually gave us like 5 minutes of one scene like he met with like the um the the leader of the bounty hunter guild and um there's one it's really stupid but there's one part that really stood out to me during those 5 minutes is there's like this doctor or something and he actually has glasses. And it threw me off so much because I've never seen a Star Wars character with glasses. And it didn't look like your average glasses. It looked like Star Wars-y glasses. But just the fact that there's a character in Star Wars now that has... I mean, it's so stupid. Of course, like, characters in a Star Wars that kind of, you know, resembles, like, our galaxy are going to maybe have glasses. Like, they have other things that resemble stuff we have. But I remember just watching that scene. I couldn't get over it that I saw some a Star Wars character for the first time have glasses. Um, but it was a really cool scene. Um, you could tell that it wasn't completely, completely finished. It was mostly finished. I think just because like the audio and everything. But it was really nice to see like five minutes of something that nobody else got to see. Um, 
uh yeah it was great and but still like even with that you know the extra stuff like i got to see and other people at celebration got to see and even these trailers we still don't know much about the mandalorian it's still very mysterious we haven't seen his face and we've we know it's pedro pascal you know like it's not a secret we've all seen him like act before and like game of thrones and you know, they're not Matt Smithing him. You know, oh my god, what if it's Matt Smith, Danny? <laughs> what if he's the Mandalorian? And it's like Pedro Pascal's been like Aren't Mandalorians like Latinos or like dark skinned? I guess. I don't know well, if that's not, all I of don't them. Know. We've never really seen So far like, we've just seen We've never really we've well, seen Django and But he's Pedro not a Mandalorian. Django's not a Mandalorian. But in um Cold Wars, we saw Mandalore, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's we, the only, we have that's seen. the first time we heard of the word Mandalorian, I think. Yeah, so we have seen some of Mandalore in the uh, the Clone Wars. So I might rewatch that when Disney Plus comes back on, or comes on. So yeah, I mean, it's been super mysterious. We have we have not seen him maskless or helmetless. He's been Kyloed in a way. But I think that might be, you know, obviously it's intentional, but why have they been hiding his face? Will we even see his face in the first episode? That might be a possibility that we might not. Um, who knows when they'll un unveil him? I don't know if he even looks like Pedro Pascal normally. Does he have some weird, like, scar? Or does he even look human? You know, we don't know. And it's really odd how they're keeping all this info from us right before Tross. I even think it's weird how they are releasing this um, series right before Tross comes out. Because, you know, in a way, if, if you think about it in a business sense, why are they doing this? Why are they cramping so much before The Rise of Skywalker? Like, you have also the Resistance TV show. You have Mandalorian. You have Rise of Skywalker. Like, it's all within a few months uh, period. Also, with all these comic books coming out, too, like The Rise of Kylo Ren, like, there's a lot going on. And it, I guess, like, if these things were not connected, as a business person, you might say, okay, well, let's kind of push off The Mandalorian until after Rise of Skywalker. At least that makes sense for me, because you kind of spread out Star Wars a little bit, so you kind of spread out the money. Um, but it's actually right before The Rise of Skywalker, and it kind of ends... Around the same time, I think the finales. The only it's only the finale that's after the rise of Skywalker. Um, kind of the same way, like with Resistance. Um, well, that's intentional. They even told us that the end of the resist of Resistance is gonna lead into Tross, but they have not said anything like that about Mandalorian, or they haven't said how it's connected. Um, since it only takes place five years before the rise of or not the rise the Return of the Jedi. Um, so we do get to see how the First Order is created in a way, or just the beginnings of it. So that might be important. Also, I have a crack theory that we might see a sequel trilogy character, even a OT trilogy character uh, in The Mandalorian, just because of how secretive they're being. And my Wait, which original trilogy character? I mean, it could be like Han or Leia. Or even Luke. You think? I don't know if it's gonna be 
I well, mean, I I'm not know. saying that they're going to have like a straight no, up cameo, I'm just saying that, you know? No, I, I was just thinking about how they could do Leia, but I don't know, because obviously Billy Lord is That's in hard. control of how they use Leia now, I, th- I believe. I mean, I think Lucasfilm is in control, but obviously to have good press that they ask her first. They're going to, yeah, I respectfully think, ask her. I think that she's definitely going to be mentioned because, I mean, even though it's about like the outskirts of the government, I think it's... um. It's maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll have like yeah. a little brief person say, oh, this per- this is happening in the government currently. And Leia is being whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, I'd love to um, maybe with like like Bloodline or even uh, Aftermath, those books, like some things that happen in there could be mentioned. It doesn't have they don't have to show like Leia or Han Solo. They could just like briefly mention them or even have like a hollow vid playing in the background and it's Leia giving like a speech or something cool like that would be a nice cameo, you know, just to kind of see where the, the, uh, area of the galaxy that we're, you know, that we're used to seeing is how they're doing right at the same time that this story in the outskirts, you know, in the outer regions, you know, this is happening. So I think it's going to be really interesting. They did say, I don't know, there was this article that, they didn't really phrase it that well, where they said there's a spoil, a Star Wars spoiler in the first episode of The Mandalorian. And I'm like... I don't think it's a spoiler if it's in the episode. <laughs> they literally just said, like, a Star I know, Wars spoiler. I, I read like, that. Did you it's mean, in the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, I didn't... Do they mean, like, a Rise of Skywalker spoiler? Or, like, I think a it said Star a galaxy-wide spoiler? spoiler. Like, what does that even mean? I think of it has course. to do with Palpatine. It might have to... Because he's the <laughs> connecting thread, probably. But yeah, I mean, like I told you, I'd die if there's like a Ben Solo cameo somehow or some mention of him in The Mandalorian. Just because it'd He'll be, be so like funny. four years old, maybe? He's like four five, or five. Four or five, yeah. That's so, he's so good. I'd love that. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited. I think um, Cara Dune's going to be dope. And, uh, oh, what is her name? Um,. She was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she's the voice of Mulan. I forgot her name already. But her, she's going to be that um, other mercenary or bounty hunter. She does something like that. But she's going to be also pretty awesome. We have some really cool women in this show. Also how um, the other, uh, she's going to, she's doing Obi-Wan now. Oh, Deborah Chow. She's, Chow, okay. yeah, Chow. She's going to be directing some episodes and. I, I mean, I haven't seen much of her in general, but I, I'm really excited to see what she's going to have because they obviously have a lot of faith in her and they believe that she's a really great director and such for to put her on, like, you know, the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, um, you're like, yeah. No, I am so excited. <laughs> I just, I, I went to sleep at 5 a.m. Uh, oh, yesterday, yeah. so... I, I was awake, so I that's why I'm t- a bit tired. But no, I'm very excited about The Mandalorian. And it just hit me. Like, it was like a wave of, like, excitement <laughs> that hit me after me not being excited for so long. And I'm very optimistic because I, I trust uh, John Favreau. And I definitely trust Dave Filoni. And so does Kathleen Kennedy in the Vanity Fair piece that she talked about him. Uh, yeah. She yeah. said that he she goes to him for, like, story elements. Like everything. N- like yeah. not because he knew from George, but because of his mind, and he's so smart, and um, obviously he got Star Wars, and it's so funny that that piece, that profile on him, which I recommend that you guys check out. It's so good, and uh, it's really. F- 
funny because they talk about they briefly ask I, I don't know if they ask him about moving on from Star Wars but he's like I'm comfortable here I'm gonna stay here forever like he didn't say that but he's basically saying that he's gonna stay there forever and I'm very happy for him that to like I don't know it's kind of weird to be excited about somebody else's like success but especially because he has nothing to do with me but just the fact that I love the franchise so much I'm happy that he like obviously he he's the one that teaches anybody coming into Star Wars about like the the story because he learned from the source he learned from yeah. George Lucas and obviously George Lucas isn't going to be around forever so even though they can consult him right now like it's mm -hmm. still great to have him as um a person there to also influence the future padawans of the Star Wars universe so yeah no this show's going to be awesome and it's I think a lot of people who aren't excited, who are part of like the Raylo fandom, it's just because of the. I guess the fanboys are also excited about it. So obviously, we're like <laughs> opposed to. We like in our heads, we're like, "Ew, they're excited!" Yeah. So it must be. It I, must not be for yeah. me. But I think it being Star Wars is gonna. I think there's already like in the trailer of the last trailer trailer that they posted. There's a lady touching his helmet, and I think that's gonna be his love interest. And I hope she doesn't just die for man pain because I have sometimes but um i hope that it's a like a full-blown romance like that would just be so great for us like because we obviously very much love romance in our stories mm -hmm. so i don't know like i'm what's, excited what's, to see uh, what this is about i'm really glad that i think favreau said that basically lucasfilm gave him like a reading list uh a book list of what to read to um was it him i think it was him yeah and then also well he, he said that Lucas he was um too. He said that he read the A Hero with a Thousand Faces and he read Campbell and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and then um, he met with Lucas and, you know, they talked about, you know, what Star Wars really is about. And, um, yeah, I, that makes me really excited because it just shows like I'm not saying Favreau is this type of person, but it just makes me feel like, OK, he's not just making a show just because he's a fan of Star Wars and he wants to see what, you know, what he thinks he that we all want to see but i'm glad that they you know kind of had him reflect on what star wars really is to everybody you know especially kids so i'm really happy and excited and um i think it's gonna be good and it's gonna yeah. take me hours to watch it tomorrow because i'll be at work crying. and we have well, two episodes this week so that's yeah. awesome not and awesome for my editing skills but <laughs> yeah it's awesome for us we like haven't announced as Star Wars fans. We haven't announced formally that we're actually going to be doing recap episodes of The Mandalorian. Oh, sure, we should say that. Um every like I'm going to try to get the episode in as soon as possible, but obviously I have a job too and I have things to do, so we are going to record the day after the episode drops because Melissa also has a job and she can't record right away, but we're going to try to get the episode out the next the day maybe the day that we record or the day after we record so in the two days after the episode has come out and we've had time to stew over it and everything so um yeah we're having a mando recap show um did we uh come up with a title or was it just we the mando said, we said mando recon yeah so mando recon that's our official title for the the um for the series and we're just gonna 
talk about the Mandalorian and analyze it. We might come up with some segments as we learn what the show is about and the structure of the TV show. And yeah, so hopefully you guys tune in for those episodes. I hope we can bring some something new to the table. I know there's like a million Mando shows that are going to happen. So um, yeah, uh, that's going to be exciting from a podcast perspective like the Mandalorian and the episode that comes out the week of the rise of Skywalker is going to be delayed because we're not going to be able to <laughs> oh maybe if the whole unless, week is going to be a mess <laughs> unless the Mandalorian episode has like something incredible or amazing which is going to be the finale so it might be uh we're gonna try to hold off a little because we're gonna be focusing on the rise of Skywalker content for and you the guys. rise of rise of Kylo Ren too I don't the know. About that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh my I'm God. kidding. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah. Uh, so it, was there anything else that you were excited for in the Mando series? Um, but we we can hardly talk about. Anything oh my gosh, there was. We know nothing. Okay, so with during this uh, like five minute scene, they showed us at Star Wars Celebration. It's so small, like a little small nod to the OT, but I love it because they had um. Uh, so when he so the the Mandalorian is like walking into like this building or this kind of well, I don't know it was like a building, but as he was walking there, you kind of saw this uh, Kowakian monkey lizard, like a, the salacious B crumb type, the one who sat by Jabba. He was in a cage, like screaming, like oh my god, I couldn't take it. I love. I don't know. Maybe it was salacious B crumb. He might have been in the cage. He was just like screaming as he was walking by. It was a very short like scene. They were just showing the Mando walking by and he was right there in a cage. Oh my god. If I see that again tomorrow, I'm going to freak out. But yeah, it was mm -hmm. a Kwakian monkey lizard. It could have been Mr. Crumb. And I hope he's doing okay. <laughs> I hope mm -hmm. he's living his best life and I hope he's actually not in a cage and hopefully he got out or something. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, this is about to be, it's gonna be real. We're gonna try to get a Palpatine episode sometime between now and uh, The Rise of Skywalker, and hopefully we do him justice. And um, <laughs> I think we will. Uh, but I think he'll uh, be proud. He'll be. <laughs> he'll be like good, good. good. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Good. Yeah. So we might not be making as many regular episodes as we you we have before because we're going to be focusing on the Mandalorian and that's a lot of content and there's just I don't know if we, we have lives no <laughs> yeah no I don't but you do and if we decide to talk about a topic we'll go on about it so yeah we're very excited for the next two months and Jedi Fallen Order comes out this week so that's cool and melissa will be playing that so she'll yes. keep us updated i guess make Once sure um, get it. yeah so yes uh so that's our episode for today thank you so much for joining us on this episode yes. and um we're uh we're on jacku broadcast on twitter please follow us there i think our, our tweets are getting significantly significantly better because we're using that account more and um, <laughs> and uh also you can follow me on mortis gods i'm locked but if you request i'll i'll let you follow me and uh also how can we find you melissa i 
Instagram and Twitter abandoned porg and Tumblr abandoned sock. All right, so that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you on maybe Wednesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe Thursday. Depends how Danny feels. <laughs> <laughs> It really, truly does. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.